What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Stories Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Shay Waihi, and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, follow us on all the platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, and everything else. Um, today, we've got a special episode. Um, I've got someone uh, from my Fanonga from up the coast. Um, I remember her uh, attending the uh, Whangara school Zumba sessions, but actually sneaking away to the pool uh, plenty of times. But um, we have Tiana Meturo. Thank you very much for jumping on, cuz. Thanks for having me. Honestly, I haven't seen you in ages. It's ages. been a while, eh? It's been it a while. Is. I think it was like a New Year's last time I seen you when we were yes. at Nanny Highs, yep. eh? She yep. would have been still alive yep. too. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a few years for sure. Um, well, did you, for those that may not know who you are, did you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background and, and your upbringing and stuff like that? Yeah, cool. Kia ora, um, I'm Tiana Metsuaro and yeah, like Shay said, I'm his cousin and I'm from Whangara, which is obviously on the East Coast. Mum's um, from Whangara and my dad is Cook Island and Tahitian. So we're from Raro, um, Aitutaki and Mokke. And yeah, we're also fun facts from Bora Bora and like on my Tahitian side from Bora Bora and Iatia, which is really cool. But yeah, I play netball um, and I was born in England. So born in England and I moved here when I was three and I've just kind of been around netball my whole life. And um, yeah, I'm 21 as of January this year. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Mad, mad. So England, um, do you remember much about that or like not really? Yeah, I have a lot of home movies and things that um, mum and dad took and we've got lots of pictures. I remember parts of it. I feel like because my dad was coaching rugby over in America, I there are only like three or four things that I remember about being over there. Um, but at the same time, I'm unsure if it's because I've seen it on film. Right. Um, so I feel like regardless, like it's really nice to see that I still have those memories. Um, but I, when I moved here, I went straight into Kohanga. So I just remember my life here. Yeah. Ah, so oh, that's mad. Well, cause and you obviously said it's always been about netball, but um, I know your whanau has got like quite strong connections and surfing and stuff like that. Um, walking down to the beach, seeing you guys out there catching waves. Um, was that like ever an option for you? Like were you ever thinking, oh, I might be a pro surfer one day? <laughs> I honestly just do it for fun. And my oldest brother, as you know, Tokana, he is like an amazing surfer. Mm. Um, but no, we are not built for surfing. And but we love it and I surf whenever I get the time but as you know like all the cousins up and all the cousins up in um Whangara, they love to surf Mana and Tureps and May and all of them um mm. and Uncle Hemi got this huge surfboard which I swear he never used but you know <laughs> like he's kind of all the gears you know all that all that sort of stuff but no and no but as you know I feel like if anyone's been to Whangara you'll just see that our all of us, we all just live along a little 200 metre road and all the families are just plotted along on the beach. Yeah. So it's only natural that we all surf and we all get out there, but yeah. And if you're like not from there, like in terms of like, you don't live there physically, you've just got like a little place where you put your tent every year and then that's yeah. pretty much where you are. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like at someone's house for dinner. It's, it's a mad vibe there to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you want to talk to us a little bit about your upbringing? Because you spent a little bit of time there. And yeah. um, what, how's your upbringing like sort of shaped you into the person and athlete that you are today? Yeah, I grew up speaking Māori. So I went to Kohanga and then I went to, so from the Kohanga I went to, you either went to um, Ngamokopuna, which is the Kurakaupa for here, or you went to Newtown School, which was, you went into their Māori unit, which was the full Māori immersion. Mm. Um, and so me and a few of my friends went to Newtown and then the rest went to Ngā Mokopuna. But I feel like, like every Christmas, I went back to Whangara, as you know, and like I was always down the road at the Gibbies or 
with the Waihees or the Elliots or all of them, but otherwise I was just next door to the Marae. And I went there for every Christmas um, before Tawan Koro passed. Um, but I just have, I'm very family orientated. I've just always been around family, um, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, I, use, I go back to Rara quite often as well. Obviously with COVID, it's a bit annoying. And like you said before, once you have kind of commitments and things like that, those, you don't get to do all those cool things as, as such or as often. But I, yeah, went to Newtown School, went to Ebus. Um, I went to Lyle Bay School, which was kind of when I finally went to like a mainstream school, which I found really weird because I'd never been anywhere where you don't speak Māori. I'd never been anywhere where you don't start the day off with like a karakia. Um, Were you speaking Māori at home too? Usually. Um, so mum is not exactly fluent, but can understand it crystal clear. Um, but it was just my habit. So I was always just, you go straight from Kohanga, get picked up and just, I feel like I, I just didn't really speak English a ton, but I've always been loud. So who knows, who knows what I was saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the first, so obviously moved here when I was three and just from the age of three to nine, I was speaking Māori. And then when I went to my mainstream school, I feel like at my first mainstream school, that was like a big, shocked to me and I really struggled because I'd never read anything in English um my spelling was horrendous and I just really didn't feel like I was fitting in with anyone because and there was a really nice girl there her name was Madeline she I feel like she was almost irritated with how like bad my spelling was but she was so patient with me and she always helped me with just um, spelling and writing. And my the thing I always remember is that obviously in Māori, you write your I's in lowercase, whereas in English, it's always uppercase. And so it's always in capitals. So I, it was just those small <laughs> things that I remember really vividly. And those are kind of the most, I guess, um, not necessarily influential, but just the key points to my childhood that I always remember into being a Māori speaking kid, transitioning into like a an English speaking world, really. So what about netball? So when, when did that all start? Like, um, obviously you would have been surrounded by it, but when did you really start, you know, getting involved and stuff like that? Yeah. So mum, obviously just, she had been doing the whole netball thing for a really long time prior to me ever coming along so I just I've been around it since I was literally born um but I just I don't I don't quite I think just obviously your upbringing influences I feel like everything in your life as a whole and I think just having been around it every single day it was only natural that I fell into it and so I think there's a huge um sort of like the sense of familiarity like it wasn't a it wasn't something um I didn't know which I feel like reflecting now like looking at the barriers that I had in my career so far since I got into professional netball makes a lot of sense to me mm. um because I feel like I have I used to have a huge anxiety of really unfamiliar settings and so netball was just it was just easy to get into and I knew lots of people um had met you know coaches and and managers and things before because I knew them through mum um and just you know a lot of them are like my aunties um and aunties and uncles um but I feel like netball got really full-on for me literally just when I went to high school I just started making these little tournament teams and then I'd get emails about trials for like a I think it was Māori, I think I went to a Māori netball tournament and then I got me and one of my good friends who I think we'd just turned 13, we went along to a Māori netball trial and you know people there like Kimi Orapoi and Kelly Jury were there and then I think the year later, a year later I got um, like a New Zealand secondary schools trial and then everything for me just went so fast so I must have been 14 and then the year, when I was 15 I um, started playing Biko when I was year 11 
and then I went to Australia on tour with the New Zealand under 21s and then I went straight after the tour to Canberra um, I came off the plane and then I was a training partner for the Silver Ferns and then I feel like that was just I feel like everything's just happened so fast yeah particularly at that time particularly when I was like 15 16 17 that happened really fast and I think because at that point I hadn't actually cracked the ferns and I hadn't made it I almost felt like I wasn't going anywhere because I was at I feel like I was at you know the top level and I feel like there are you know conversations about if we're putting young kids in too soon um which you know we could talk about that but I think at the time that conversation wasn't even really it was non-existent because mm. um I do I have played with um girls who like me who are uh, who have played for teams like that or started off really young like Tehungari or Selby Ricketts she started super super young um Jodie Brown started really young so just people like that who I think um, and I still, Hoochie's still playing today. We call her Hoochie. Um, so who's still playing today? And I think it's just, I think that alone shows just how much you kind of fall in love with the sport as well, mm. um, which is really cool. But yeah. Do, do you like, did you ever like feel like pressure though? Like with your mum, obviously she was a yeah. guy. And like, did you ever feel like, <laughs> oh, there's all eyes on me now. Like I've got to make sure yeah, I live up I, to the standard. I get this question heaps, but honestly she doesn't really care about what I do as long as I'm, I'm happy mm. but obviously I've chosen netball and <laughs> I, I think there's no better person to have guiding me through this path and I think she was definitely one of the best to do it and you know mum she's wise and she's she's just I think she's very patient with me um but she's very straight up at the same time but I didn't really feel a ton of pressure I think it was more so just the the pressure of the public I think because mm. I think especially when I first started playing ANZ there was like a huge hype around it and mm. yeah because I was year 12 and I think it was also just it was a good um thing for people to write about as well but if you know mum she hates just she doesn't really like to get um in front of the camera with me not like in a bad way but just I feel like she when I was 15 because I went on that little thing with the silver ferns and I went as like a little training partner for a small camp that was kind of where she started to distance herself from the netball scene just to kind of shift away from that kind of bias you know mm. and I think people love to talk so I didn't I feel like she didn't want to give people um just something else to talk about so she kind of removed herself and like she didn't want like people to say like oh she only picked her because that's her daughter sort of thing or like you know yeah, like in exactly. those kind of conversations eh? yeah so it was just one of those things and I kind of I feel like I only kind of started to make a name for myself maybe this year I think or last year the season just gone 2021 because I shifted away so I wasn't actually at the Pulse I was at the Steel and I yeah. loved my time down south like I it was such a hard choice to come back but I'm so happy with um, our team here but I think just actually not living with her and just being on my own and not really having her in our program was like a really good thing for me and I at the same time though I'm so grateful that I have her because I can just talk to her about literally anything because she's been through it all and she's just a well-respected woman in, in our sport and um yeah I'm so grateful to have her um so with your time down south um again I'm no I'm no netball expert and the netball that I probably played was like the wrong rules um <laughs> probably plenty of cheating at par um, wars yeah, at par wars <laughs> with all the cousins probably yeah, yeah. Um, but um I hear in, in a lot of sports the different styles of of how you play a certain game, for example. And um, did you feel like you had to adapt your own game when you went down south or learn a whole new system and style? Yeah, I think I definitely, I think one of the things that the Steel in particular are known for is that they never throw the ball away. And so in previous years, I feel like I was just super undisciplined and like would just chuck anything 
um, at people, but I think my biggest learning from down there was just having that patience when you play on court. Um, but also I think it's also just the way they're just super humble people. And I think, you know, I'm just this loud, colorful, bloody, I'm an interesting character. And I feel like I didn't really know how I was going to fit in down there, but they're honestly just as just out there and just the coolest people. And honestly, I made the best friends, I, the best friends when I was down there. Um, but I feel like I definitely had to adapt to a few things. Obviously, first thing with climate, it is freezing down south. <laughs> um, Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's freezing. But um, no, I think it was just their work ethic. They work really hard. Um, they have a great team culture down, down south. And like I said, just really good people. And the funniest thing is that we got thrashed all of preseason when I was at the Steel. And then we ended up coming third. And so... I feel like the thing that won us that was just off-court chemistry and mm -hmm. that sort of, you know, being able to build really really good relationships um, with each other. And also, like I said, just them kind of always reiterating the fact that they're known for not throwing the ball away. And so that was something that I, um, a skill of mine that I feel like really developed while I was down there. Um, but I think the biggest thing that came out of my move was just, like I said before, that kind of anxiety about being away from home because I'd never lived away from home and I hated it. And every Were you staying by yourself as well? Or did you I was with one of my best friends, which I was so grateful for because she lived in Wellington too and we both moved together. Right. Um, but I just, when I was, I think every campaign from when I was maybe 13 up until literally last year when I was 20, I cried at most of them because I just had this like really terrible anxiety about being with girls I didn't really know. And then um, of course at the Pulse, I didn't have that issue because I'd been around them for so long. But when it came to Ferns camps and having to go away, even if it was just for a night, I was just crying and couldn't breathe. And I just never really thought, I genuinely remember all those years I just said I probably am never going to get over this so I won't be able to play for the Silver Ferns because I, if I can't no one's going to want to take a silk on tour yeah. <laughs> I just thought if I can't control this now like what makes you know it's never going to happen and I just couldn't really figure it out and I always been recommended to mental skills coaches and psych a psychologist and things like that but I never wanted to see them and so Mum would tell me that I would be fine and I knew that eventually I would overcome it when I was in those spaces. So I'd probably get really uptight the first for a certain amount of days at the beginning and then I'd be okay at the tail end. But I feel like I needed to be away from my mum in order for me, just kind of, you know, away from mum's love for a little yeah. bit and my kind of shelter to make sure, well, to just grow as a person. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that came out of my move. Like leaving the nest day, eh? that's pretty much what yeah, it is, eh? Exactly. And like for some people, it's not even a big deal. But for me, it, I, and I think I cried the first two months when I was down south. And then eventually it just got easier and easier. But I found myself coming back home quite a lot the first couple of months. But then I just bloody fell in love with, believe it or not, fell in love with Invercargill, fell in love with Dunedin, and I just loved it and didn't want to come home. <laughs> that's far that's mad like far as soon as I finished school um if I want to say politely it might have been a week I, I was gone like I was <laughs> I moved straight to Wellington like Tom I'm yeah. not I'm going straight to Wellington like oh, I couldn't wait yeah. to get out of the bay but yeah. um it's quite interesting so like with your like um the mental stuff and all that like um that's like a big part of what well, everyone's life but also being a professional athlete like you have to know um, how to like, I don't know, maybe like deal with it or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that you can yeah. be the best version of yourself on and off yeah. the court. What, what, what do you think is like, other than just getting, moving away from home, what do you think um, gets you in that right space? Like, is it music or do you have some sort of thing that changes? Yeah, I feel like 
I love music. I'm no musician and by no means does it mean I can sing, but I love <laughs> like my morning routine is like I'll get up and shower and whatnot but there's always music playing and I feel like it, my dad is real like he was kind of a muser back in the day and he just blasts music all the time and he has I'm not even exaggerating I'd say 10 sets of headphones maybe he might be borderline a borderline hoarder however <laughs> you know I think there are worse things to have a slight obsession over but he has like a ton of speakers and all those sorts of things. And I just. Does he like yeah, sit you down and try and like explain them? Like, oh, this is the new model. Like, oh, everything. But he's just that sort of person that has multiple tabs of different things, like different things he's supposedly going to buy. And all these random packages come in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just, yeah, music and just, I feel like, I feel like I've been quite lucky to not having, like, I don't feel like. I've had a ton of um, barriers mentally, except for that one thing. And I think that was the one thing that I needed to really um, get over. But by no, I know it felt impossible. But then sometimes when, like I said, towards the tail end where I was really happy, it, I, that to me was my reminder that I could do it. It was just a matter of how long it was going to take. And so I feel like that was, that's sort of how I viewed it. Mm. um that's real interesting and um so i suppose it must be even tough like because your rise to where you where you are now has been so rapid as you said before um is has there been any sort of challenges in terms of like not making a team or um yeah. you know missing selections and what what's how did you deal with that yeah i so I started, so I was playing a lot my first two seasons of ANZ and then I think I remember the last four games of my second season, I just started, I was on the bench and then I was on the bench the next two years and I just couldn't quite figure out why I wouldn't leave, you know, and you always say those things, you know, when you just think, oh, that's it, like I'm done, but yeah, yeah. you kind of just think, you know, when you're angry and when you're upset. Yeah, but you don't say it to anyone else. You're just saying no. it to yourself or people yeah. like your loved ones and like, oh, no, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like, oh, that's it. I need to go somewhere else. But I loved the franchise and I still do, hence why I'm back, um, that I stayed for another another season or another two seasons. Um, but I did a lot of, like, character building, I'd say. I feel like when I was 18, I probably wasn't the best version of me only because I'm loud and I'm very just I'm an extrovert we'll put it simply yeah. and when I'm not speaking I feel like that's deafening to some people like when I'm quiet and so that from the outside when people look at me and that I guess their perception would have been oh she's in a mood today and uh, I feel like that was how I was for all of me I think it was 2018 when I was 17 no, it was 2019. So I feel like I was 18 first year out and I was still really young. And so I feel like that was the biggest learning was that you, even if, you know, you're on the bench or whatever, like you still need to be a good team player. And so I signed on again and then I was benched again, basically for 2020, but I was just a much happier person. And I actually really enjoyed my season. And I feel like that was because I loved my first season when I was 16 and I feel like that season was kind of the one that I felt like could compare to the first season so mm. that for me was the standard because I just matured and you know I would if I was going to hand out paper towels and give people lollies I was going to be the best person to do it so <laughs> that was you know that was that but then um I got dropped that year from the Silver Ferns program entirely so I wasn't in development squad or anything and that for me was like a like I didn't I didn't think I would react the way I did so I was like bawling my eyes out and I think because at that time I kind of thought I, that, that was kind of when I was still contemplating if I could even do netball because of my whole sip I don't know what it was no and yeah. I haven't I haven't really addressed it because I don't feel that way anymore but I think it was just a bit of anxiety and just everything was a bit overwhelming in terms of stepping into the, the ferns environment mm. um but I think it was a good wake-up call for me like to 
think that I could get these get places when I wasn't getting game time or just maybe wasn't in the best shape mm. but so that was kind of why I moved down south because I was like okay if I care this much and I'm this upset about being dropped this obviously means that I still have a bit of fire in the belly for it so ended up moving down south um but I feel like did you change much of your game like did you work a little bit on certain areas or was it more just that mental stuff I feel like in I feel like in netball just speaking from experience the more you play the better you get mm. so I I'm kind of unsure what it was that I worked on or developed because I feel like I you know in terms of fitness I've always kind of been around like the what it you know the, the standard I suppose um and so I feel like I've always just just kind of gotten by with that and um you know with strength like I've always just gotten by with that and so and I think that also comes that sort of shows that I was getting by and just making teams I feel like just because yeah yeah, yeah. and so I think um at high performance like with netball you get better the more you play the more the more court time more game time you get you get better and so I think it was just a matter of actually touching the court again because I obviously was on the bench for two years so it was just getting familiar with everything and um just trying to not let the last two years influence the way that I the way that I performed because I knew that I had it in me to that I knew that when the steel asked me to move down, I wanted them to think that it was worthwhile. So I was confident and I just knew that I needed to work hard and they work hard down there. Um, but at the same time, like I, there's always room for improvement. So I'm still trying to get better um, mm. and just get fitter and stronger and all those sorts of things. It's buzzy though. Cause like you're talking like, you know, like you're like 30 or something, you know, like you've been in here for ages, but you're so young too. So like, but you'll still yeah. be learning on the go as well. Mm. Um, what's, um, so you obviously said you're quite a loud and charismatic person <laughs> in, in a team environment. Um, being so young, like how do you, are you quite expressive about like your opinions in terms of like what's happening in a game and, you know, feel comfortable to speak up within the team and, um, yeah. Or are you more just a say it when it needs to be said, but you'll just relax and be the fun person? Yeah. I think I'm a mix of just all of those things that you just said. I think I, so this is, I think this is my sixth season. I think I actually can't, I don't even know how many seasons I've yeah. played now. COVID stuffed I've everything up. <laughs> yeah, I've lost count. Um, but I think. So mum was obviously, she was the captain of the Ferns back in the day. Mm. And um, having, I feel like having parents that are coaches and just being surrounded by really strong people, um, but also quite smart and selfless people. I feel like that's the perfect combination to kind of um, those qualities that I feel like have brushed off onto me. And so if something needs to be said, I'll say it, but I know what is necessary and what's what should be said behind like with the words um and my, I feel like my approach is never to belittle anyone mm. it's more but I want it to be the most encouraging um yet most honest thing but if nothing needs to be said then I don't I just sometimes feel like people will just say something to make noise and things yeah. like that but I feel like I know what's necessary and especially with my team this year like I know how girls react and I feel like I've gotten to know them and I do know them already from previous years but I feel like I know how to approach them and I feel like that's important in people in general not just you know captains or bosses of whatever but yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing I've learned like speaking to people that are in a professional environment is um having those tough conversations and knowing yeah. sometimes it's not what you say it's how you say it yeah you know, is how it affects someone and like yeah. I suppose in an amateur or you know in a sense of where um they're not playing professionally those mm -hmm. conversations aren't really had it's just like oh well like on to the next bro like next week sort of thing yeah. <laughs> um yeah well can we talk about your um silver ferns um yeah. experiences yeah. like what's what's that been like it's been so cool. I feel like 
I just keep reflecting to when I was 16 and I went to trial for the Silver Ferns and I was just not ready at all. Um, but I just think there was, like I said at the time, there was like a huge hype around it. And I think also if we're going to talk about, you know, the comparison between mum and I, she made the team really young. Mm-hmm. And I always, I remember we were in Raro, we were back home and I told everyone at her 50th, I don't know who I thought I was at 12, but I told everyone that I was going to beat her to making the silver ferns. And then when it finally came to it, I just knew I wasn't ready. And I just, the way I feel like now, having made the team now, I feel like it was the perfect time. And to think that I was in that space at 16, like I just know I was not ready and I was not going to be ready for another few years. So, um, yeah I'm I've I've just had the coolest time and I think I'm more so just proud of the fact that I can go on tour without being super emotional and crying my eyes out telling the coaches that I want to go home um and I feel like every tour is just it, it's just I can't I honestly have no words to describe it it's just it's like you're it's a dream really and when you're so passionate about something and when you work so hard it's it's just nice to because playing is the easy part you know but all the hours all the early mornings and just all the small things that um add up to those really cool moments you're just kind of at a loss for words really Mm. not to be dramatic but (laughs) (laughs) what's the what's the level change like like is it quite drastic yeah i it's definitely intense like our build-up to our series against England and Christchurch was so full-on like it was full noise every single day and because of COVID like we hadn't had any camps leading up to that or any small mini series leading up to that campaign so we obviously went into lockdown and our program was just so hard um I did not enjoy it at all but it prepped me well and I think it it is really just a whole nother level and I think when I played Australia at um during our quad series campaign like that was a whole nother step up um but I think the biggest piece of advice that mum always gave to me is that well now that I'm a part of that program is that at international netball you just need to keep playing but it always gets harder. In fact, when I got the call from Knowles that I'd made Silver Ferns, um, I told mum and she was like, yay, right around. And she just said, well, now it's going to get hard and it won't stop getting hard because every time you're trying to make the team and then you're trying to make the 12 and then you're trying to make the starting seven and then you, you want to get um, play consistently and then you move on to the next game. And then what if you play badly? Then you have to come back and play better. <laughs> it's just a never-ending kind of... And you're trying game. to, like, beat them. Hey, all in this, you're yeah. still, like, trying to beat them. Yeah, exactly. So it's certainly... Um, it's definitely challenging. But I think it's just a lot of fun at the same time. And I sometimes feel like you kind of fall in love with all the hard work because it just... I think you kind of enjoy seeing yourself getting fitter and stronger. And so despite the fact I really didn't enjoy our program leading up to that campaign and how tough it was, it was just good to see that I, I was still able to compete when it finally came to my first taste of international netball. Yeah. Did you like have uh, a bit of a moment when you've got your like your um, kit and stuff, like staring at it like, ah, oh, that's real now, like it's yeah. on. Yeah, I remember mum used to have her New Zealand tracksuit in the in her closet. And I remember, and I just always used to touch it and I would put it on and things. This is when she was coaching the um, Silver Ferns and I'd put it on and I'd just walk around the house in it. And um, she would get me like little netball uniforms, these little ones from overseas and I would walk around in those. And then I just remember unboxing my first um a box of kit and it was just the coolest thing and for years I'd gotten um Silver Ferns development squad gear and I feel like to finally just the smallest change to finally see Silver Ferns on it it's just it was the coolest thing but the moment I remember most was um the first anthem against England so just 
standing there like it really is a special moment and do you like freeze like do you feel frozen in that moment or what, what do you I feel to cry at one point so i had to stop singing and like breathe um but no definitely you definitely freeze and you kind of just take it all in um but i feel like every moment's like that and i think that's kind of the beauty of playing for the silver ferns that nothing ever gets old and nothing ever seems like it's repetitive and that to me is the coolest thing about being in that space is that you just you get to do all these cool things over and over again and the feeling never gets gets old so yeah um do you have any uh funny stories or any even just like main stories where you thought like far that's amazing or something like that i have so many i <laughs> oh gosh just do you mean like and or just like with my mates like my netball mates or anything yeah or anything really oh uh, I feel like obviously it's a team sport so you just sometimes it's just things off the netball court that just happen and you're like what the hell <laughs> like Aaliyah my partner here at um at the Pulse the goal shooter we must have just finished netball so we decided to go out for a paddleboard and she took my GoPro out and she had she didn't have it wrapped around her wrist and she went out really deep and I must have said something and it scared her and she fell off and my GoPro floated away and now it's probably somewhere in the cook straight. I have no idea. <laughs> that to me is it was just oh I and I wasn't even angry. I think because it was just such a her thing to do. Um no, but that like and I obviously have a ton of other really funny memories, but I just like it's just small things like that that you'll always remember and I feel like that's the beauty of playing netball and just a team sport is that you mm. meet the coolest people and you just have really funny memories with them yeah hey, who's the best who's the best on tour and who's the worst well I haven't been on tour with Leah when it comes to um fern stuff but if we're talking about the ferns oh that's hard honestly everyone's funny but I feel like I spend the most time with Grace Wiki who's the goal shooter for the Mystics um and Mila she's the center for the stars um she's funny <laughs> but I've known her since I was we went to the same high school yeah. um in terms like at the pulse we're all like we're all super tight um but I'm really close with Whitney Soonis, the wing attack, really close with her. And we're kind of like the same person. She's just in a smaller body. <laughs> and she's someone and Uncle Highland. So <laughs> yeah, I'd say those are probably the people who I spend the most time with on tour. Um, and they're just funny. Like I just love, oh, I just, yeah. The smallest things will make you laugh. Yeah, exactly. Like I just can't contain myself. <laughs> yeah. Do you um yeah. do you or anyone else have any like weird pre-game rituals or oh uh, I try not to be superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> I say that and I say I'm not, but every single time before I leave the changing room, I like tap the wall four times. And if I forget it, it messes with my head. And I usually always wear like the same socks. So if I played really well, I'll wear, obviously I'll wash them, of course, but I'll wear <laughs> the same sports bra and like the same sort of bike shorts, you know, skins under my dress and the same socks. But if I play badly, then I'll switch them. And that just proves to me I am superstitious. Yeah, I'm superstitious. <laughs> Well, is your like what's your like like thoughts behind it? Is it just like if you play bad, the the good luck of them is run out so you need to yeah, literally that's it. I'm like I'm I'm done. Out you go and out out with the old and with the new. And then it's... if and then if I you know say because I usually only do a rotation between two things. So I literally buy two of the same. So I'll buy the same two bras, two of them, the same two sets of skins and the same two pairs of socks and because like and actually yeah you're not going to know which ones are which but 
I usually know which ones I've worn the most because like sometimes there'll be little bits of strapping glue might be stuck in my socks <laughs> after I come out of the wash or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, literally if I play badly, I'll say, okay, these need a rest. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need a rest, recharge, and then I'll chuck on the other ones. Um, and if I play badly in those two, then I will literally, I'll go back to the old ones. And <laughs> there's no it makes no sense in some in some ways but that's just how I've always been no I, I get that I get that I like <laughs> hear other people like oh I put my right sock on first yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah. you know yeah um does anyone else have you seen any other weird rituals or is everyone pretty pretty normal yeah I think everyone's pretty normal honestly I do know that Kelly has to straighten her hair like it has to be straight all the time which is quite common but like that's just a thing I feel like that's her that's actually part of her routine yeah and I always remember that because she she told us when we were on tour for the under 21s in Africa yeah um but I know like a lot of girls are really big on coffee like on game day like it has to happen um but I feel like no one else is as well not that I know of Mm. not not everyone else is really chill yeah Ah, uh, coffee. Eh? Uh, I used to um when I used to play rugby in Wellington, yeah. I used to try and go get a coffee like in the morning. Like our game would be at like one or you know yeah. twelve o'clock. I'd make sure I have to get a coffee. But yeah, I think I like forced that into a into a ritual because I seen yeah. someone else do it. Like I was watching some YouTube there. It was a professional rugby player, and he was like, "Oh, the reason I play so good." Like I don't know if it was like like take the piss or if it was like mm. actual and he was like oh no nah, I get a coffee every morning and I was like oh yeah sweet I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. do that every Sunday now like but yeah it was the same as like a kid like I don't know if you like grew up on wheat books but um <laughs> do you remember when they had the all blacks and they would say oh yeah. I have six wheat books and I would try and yeah. force yeah. out yeah. four yeah. six wheat books I'm only like six years old and like them yeah <laughs> oh the cards eh? the cards yeah yeah yeah, no, I remember that very clearly. Make the trades with people at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, so, so where's like netball taking you around the world? Like, what, what places have you been to? Yeah, I. Not a ton of places. Like I've, I feel like because I've travelled, I think because most of the places, obviously, it's in the Commonwealth, so it's kind of only really here, mm. Europe african the pacific islands and you know kind of like um malaysia and things like that um but all over new zealand been to botswana and south africa uh been to england um the cook islands i've been to fiji um singapore um which was just like a layover but yeah. I still got to eat in their little quarter lounge, which was really nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm just grateful for all of those really, because mm. I think at the time when I was kind of, you know, homesick and things like that, it wasn't until I left to come back home where I kind of like, oh, I really wish I enjoyed that a bit more because it actually was a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, Africa was amazing. Was Is that like, your favorite place? to go or I think I feel like it's the most memorable I like and I went with Aaliyah and Mila and just people I know I'd known and played previously with so it was nice to have people who I knew um quite well um goes to like go with and go so far away from home so but it was just I remember thinking when I was in South Africa that when we went to this field to practice like it didn't seem like I was too far away because it just looked like a footy field like a rugby field and then it wasn't until I got to Botswana where everything just looked so different but it was beautiful at the same time and we went on this tour and we saw like a rhino and you were just in the wild on this little safari tour and it was just amazing and I think you know, those are the things that you always remember. Like, it's not necessarily the things on court. As much as you do remember those things, you can always do, I feel like I would always talk about that, like the part away from the court when I reminisce about Botswana and that whole trip. And it's like unreal to think like, 
as a young person like that grows your experiences so much like once yeah. I left school and started traveling um I felt like I grew as a person more like just seeing other yeah. cultures and how they do things and it's not yeah. how it's done here in New Zealand yeah um, what's um with, with international netball what's what's the difference between the different teams like does teams play so different in Africa for example compared to maybe the English girls or the Aussies yeah I feel well in terms of if I just think to the last at Silver Ferns level so I've only played Australia England and South Africa and I feel like England kind of because a lot of the English players play over in the Australian league and so I feel like the style is really similar to Aussie whereas I um whereas South Africa they actually I think they brought quite a new team um but they're really I feel like my perception of the South Africans is that they've always been like really strong really tall um and the Aussies are just obviously world-class but they're just so man on and they're kind of everywhere um they seem to be so quick, Aussies. Like, yeah. They seem so fast. Yeah. And I feel, and it's just, I'm, I think they're just all, oh, I can't even explain it. When I played them, I remember I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a massive shock, but I, I expected it all at the same time. But just to kind of feel the way that you obviously react to, to certain things and different styles. Um, yeah. But I was actually like, oh, God. It's hard, <laughs> but not their quality. Um, and and I think when I was playing under 21s, I, I played, I did play against, well, I, I definitely watched a couple of the, um, I think I watched Botswana play and they have a different style. They have a completely different style. I think Malawi as well have their own style, but um, all quality sides and, it was just amazing that whole trip in general but yeah very interesting eh? because um south africans always seem to be like described as like tall strong big um and like obviously i've watched a bit of like the netball in terms of like um the commonwealth and yeah and stuff like that and i've always watched aussie and i was like they just seem so like on the go all the time yeah just quick and always on the go um (laughs) I've got um, just a couple more questions and some quick yeah, fire questions. Um, okay. What, who like has sort of taken you underneath their wing? Anyone sort of done that in terms of maybe with the pulse or the steel or even at Silver Ferns level? Or? Yeah, I, I feel like being under mum's guidance for so long, I sometimes feel like some people feel like they can only teach me so much mm. because, you know, and... <laughs> In a general setting, mum knows best, rowdy right, right, but in netball, it's mum's just so um, influential in all, like just within the entire netball community. And, and she's so wise and knowledgeable that I feel like I um, almost have kind of been under her wing. But in terms of, I feel like I, re- I remember really clearly, like I love Yvette McCall's injury. She is just incredible. And my coaches from down south, um, Joe Morrison and Danga Bloxdom, but um, and Knowles and Debs and T, they're all amazing. But I always remember um, Kat Tuivaiti in my first season. It, she used to be Catherine Latu and she was just incredible. But I always remember she yelled at me on court and she was like you're not 16 out here anymore and she like <laughs> threw the ball at me to take a throw in and I just remember never I wasn't there wasn't a part of me that wanted to cry anything because I knew that she meant that um in the nicest way possible <laughs> in a way where she was trying to like make me play better yeah. and she would always say, um, I'm so proud of you, kid. And she calls me kid. Um, and she's always, and she'll send me messages and things like that. But I feel like she's probably been one of the most influential people in my career so far in terms of just taking me taking me under her wing. Um, but I feel like I've been surrounded by great people all the time. Um, 
and you know Irene used to be our specialist coach um and just I've had great mentors as well over the years um but I definitely feel like that's probably the most memorable was Kat and she's amazing and I miss her to this day <laughs> yeah what um what advice do you have for the younger players coming through the systems and um maybe something you wish you had known um as someone coming up I think to just give it a hundred percent mum always told me to take every opportunity with two hands because most of the time she had to tell me that because I was crying because I didn't want to go to a particular camp or I didn't want to do like a yo-yo or something and I'll just be freaked out but I really like it's just netball is a ton of fun and I think we should be so grateful here in New Zealand that we've got um you know people we've got a, a community that's so passionate about it that there are just all these little things kind of going on within the netball community for kids and there's programs running for um for teenagers and girls yeah I think I don't know if they still do rep tournaments for 11 and 12 year olds but um yeah and I think there are so many programs that accommodate to people who study as well and who are working which I've been grateful for alongside my studies and things like that so mm. I think now that we're on that note of studying I feel like having a plan b is really important um and I feel like you should just give netball 100% because it is a lot of fun but also just have something else to do in the back because I you know in sport who knows things change and you're only one injury away from not being able to pursue it which really sucks but it's kind of the harsh reality mm. um and yeah that's probably my biggest piece of advice what um what are you studying just a ba so teaching um education oh. so i'm majoring in education and still um yeah and i like have been hopefully i've been praying i can do my placement my i've kind of have like this plan that at the end of next year i can do a placement in the cook islands because i take video lessons here as well like on the outside so away from uni and netball with my nana's cousin <laughs> and, and um hopefully by then i'll just be able to talk to the kids and talk to adults in maori and cook island maori but yeah do you know both like do you know like cook island maori as well as to do or because i know they're so, so similar yeah so obviously fluent in maori aotearoa maori um but I'm still learning Cook Island but I feel like I've picked up on everything quite fast just because of how similar they are but there are kind of habits that you have with Māori here in New Zealand that aren't even that don't exist in the cook so it's still just kind of being able to switch between the two yeah oh cool that's real cool um that's what I'm saying I'm starting teaching as well down here um, yeah primary yeah. school Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to do, yeah, I want to do a um, maybe an extra year so I can do high school because I feel like yeah. I, I feel more suited to high school age students. Yeah. But, um, like your approach and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're yeah. gonna love you're gonna love placement because um, <laughs> the the kids like get so attached so quickly yeah. and like it's not until you're sitting there teaching that you kind of realize to yourself like, oh my god, I literally got the education in my hands like i better make sure yeah, i do my I work know. you know i know i hope that doesn't bloody freak me out yeah. <laughs> well i just said like god bless the kids they have to learn maths off me because my oh, maths, oh my god because you're it? telling me <laughs> is that a whangarā thing i <laughs> i can't i'm terrible i'm terrible at maths yeah i know like same with me like i was literally going home every night going over the lesson myself and trying to think of any possibility and yeah. um whenever I felt stuck like I would always just <laughs> this is a tip or maybe I shouldn't say this because my lecturers might watch it but I would yeah. like I would redirect the question back to the, the to the kid yeah. like yeah. oh so what do you think it is like <laughs> yeah yeah that's my biggest fear is that I won't is that the kids with maths that's the only thing that gives me anxiety because I'm like what if I can't even teach the kids simple maths oh <laughs> just um yeah learn the lesson but prior yeah. to teaching it always be one step ahead 
I know. Um, and um, coffee and a karakia won't do you too bad a as well. <laughs> a karakia, absolutely necessary. Um, well, I've got some quick fire questions. Um, yeah. What are your top three songs in your playlist? This can be game day songs as well. Oh, um, sorry, do I have to answer them quick or can I think? No, no, you can think about it. You can okay. Think about it. Um, okay, so should I check? Should I check on my phone? I actually have a playlist specifically for it. Yo. And I will literally, and I actually, I just need to be reminded of, hang on, hang on. Um, it is. Are they like on rotation? Like, are they new songs or yeah. are they old like, songs? I go to my top likes. Um, because oh what is it like you can see I think you can see well I saw it maybe a week or two ago like the most played oh yeah and it's ranked um no surprise if you follow me on Instagram but new magic wand by Tyler the creator (laughs) um that's always that's a banger um I was listening to like Don Tolliver as well and not because of TikTok because I am not no I'm not going to be that person but I listened to a bit of him, um, Kendrick Lamar. I'm really big on um, like All Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the yeah. halftime show? I thought um, he was mad. Life changing. I reckon he was the best day. Like that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually thought he like had the best like entrance. Yeah, I just think he like he's mad. He's so cool. Um, and yeah, but then sometimes like I listen to Cook Island music or Maori music. <laughs> depending on like what mood I'm in. Um, so there's a group from the Cooks called Virgin Voyage who, yeah, I'll listen to some of their music or I'll just listen to like Tyler, the creator, um, Kendrick Lamar, um, like Biggie, all those sorts of things. So you like big into your rap and, and stuff like that? Yeah, I feel like I have, a, my music taste covers a lot of, different genres <laughs> genres but um yeah Tyler Creator is like my number one but sometimes I listen to really slow music like Frank Ocean or House of Shem like reggae and stuff it just depends what mood I'm in really fuzzy fuzzy do you, are they like a slow jams or hype for game day or just depends I, I, it's usually hype but if I'm trying to calm myself down, I'll listen to Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next question is um, someone that inspires you or you look up to? I'd probably say my mum or my oldest brother. He's a, a lecturer at Vic and um, I think it's design and innovation or something along those lines. So he's got a master's degree. And I think he used to play rugby and I remember he got concussed. Um, I think it was at like a under 21s trial at New Zealand under 21s trial or something. And he was out for a really long time. And I feel like it's still affected and it still continues to affect. I feel like his even just club rugby today. Um, but He's just play for Ori's, right? Yeah. So he played for Ori's and I think just, for someone who had who was so passionate about rugby, just to see that get taken away from you, but still continue continuously being able to show up for uni and things like that, I feel like that was just really cool to me. Mm. Um, and like to have a masters and just to be like a Maori, Cook Island, a Cook Islander in that kind of area or profession, I feel like is really cool and really inspiring. Yeah, hard out. I know like so much boys that have had um, concussions and been knocked out and stuff like that. Yeah. I've had, I've had three concussions. I haven't played rugby since my last one. Um, I don't have any, like any lingering symptoms or well, at least I don't <laughs> think I do. Um, <laughs> but like, um, maybe that's why I'm trash at maths. Nah. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, like that can really like affect someone yeah definitely not just because they can't play sports but also like they may may not be able to live life how they were prior to that event mm-hmm. happening and that's yeah. that sucks a eh? lot like, honestly mm. um what's your greatest achievement i feel like i honestly feel like it was overcoming my 
you know, anxiety just around being in netball in the Silverfins environment and um, being away from home. Like that was, that's mm. always been the thing that I feel like has, um, well, I feel like that's the reason why just that I can do things now. Like I can, I feel comfortable and I can literally can go to sleep comfortably the night before I have to leave because it used to be that I would designate like particular times Mm -hmm. or and I just wouldn't go out the day before because I needed I would tell my friends oh no I need to be at home I need to stay with my family the whole day so now I feel like that's the most that's been the most fulfilling thing and the best thing that has come out of um my netball career and just my biggest life lesson I guess Mm. and fair enough to a like that's an unreal um thing to overcome like not just an achievement just an over something to overcome um yeah. i was surprised you didn't mention like maybe dodging the dishes a few times or something like that <laughs> the dishes at the marae. <laughs> hard thing to do um <laughs> would you rather go back in time or go to the future go back in time is there a particular time you'd go to i feel like just when my grandparents were alive like i feel like even on my Cook Island side, like my, both of my granddads, so obviously my biological granddad and then my Aangai granddad, my papa, I wish I could have, I met my papa and I have a lot of great memories with him, but I never got to meet my biological granddad. But I also just miss Toa and Koro. So I feel like, um, yeah, just Christmas when they were alive, that's probably the one time just to see them again and eat food together and whatnot but Toa's birthday was always I think it was either I feel like it's either the day before Christmas or the day before Christmas Eve and our routine was that we'd always pick up the cake in I think is it Woodville I was gonna say Woodstock (laughs) (laughs) in Woodville if they would get a cheese it's only Wednesday it's only Wednesday (laughs) I know (laughs) so we'd get the cake and then we'd take it all the way to Whangara and oh, mum would oh, is it the yeah. um, cheesecake? Mummy's cheesecake. Yeah. Oh, yes. God. Yeah. So we'd yeah. always pick up a cheesecake there for Tawa for the birthday. And I just, and mum would always get me like a little cheesecake because I was a little chubby child and I wanted <laughs> one myself. And then, you know, why not though? They're that good. Like, yeah, they are that exactly. good. And then stop in Wairua and get an ice cream at the dairy before you go over the hill. Did you get um, an Oslis too, that, that bakery? Yes, yeah, yeah. One of the best. Yeah. But just everything, I feel, and just the trips to Gizzi, despite the fact the road is a shocker, just how (laughs) windy it is, and that I was literally spewing by the time we got to Idaho. Like, just everything, you know, you go to Tolaga, you get bloody garlic chips and whatever, and just, I feel like those are the really memorable times I had when I was up in Gizzi. Yeah, hard. Hard part trauma. <laughs> those, um, <laughs> those trips like um going from the bay, like oh, the oh we're going up on Friday. Problems. We're going up on Friday, we come back Sunday, and I'm like, oh why? Why do yeah. I want to be put through hell? Like yeah, you know, a three-hour trip. And it must be worse for you guys. Um, but five, it's buzzy because I have similar memories, like um Okitu. That dairy, dairy like fruit, fruit ice creams and yeah ice, yeah yeah, yeah. We, dairy. we always stop there like we still do because um now that michael was passed away um mm-hmm. there was like our one thing that we always used to do but we yeah. still do it now like without fail and like it was buzzy because sometimes thinking about him just today sorry hi i was thinking about him just today probably because you're jumping on the podcast with me maybe I don't yeah know. probably i'm just yeah buzzy though way like mm. how like memories come up like that um last time I went back I haven't been back in ages like honestly mm. I probably need to get back but um yeah we we still we still stop there even if we're like full ways too like mm. we're just yeah. eaten and out Whangara. um yeah. but I don't know if you remember like <laughs> sorry bit of memory lane but um yeah. do you remember like um Papa Gibby going out and like putting out crayfish pots and um yeah. fish. I would hear his quad bike. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and you would probably hear like Gerb or, or someone like that yeah. at the back of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking to someone about that the other day. I was like, oh, like we say fresh jam in the mornings with, with, mm. with like with bread. If we were lucky, it would be Rewana bread from Papa Freddy, but um, yeah. yeah, like fat memes. Um, was just down this weekend, actually. Who was? Rubes. She was just down. Oh, true. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you catch up with her or? Kind of. We have like a set of rules that we follow for netball. So with COVID and everything and preparation right. for our comp. So I, she was staying with my best friend who lives over the fence. So I was just kind of chatting to her from afar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she, um, um, she was supposed to come down for my birthday, but um, COVID kind of stopped all that. I know. Um, yeah. COVID stopped a lot of things. I was lucky enough to have my 21st, um, mm-hmm. fortunately. Um, but yeah, another close cousin. Um, yeah. Well, actually, in actually, in actual hindsight, you and all them actually my aunties or uncles, mm-hmm. but because we're so young, like we just always called each other cousins. Like it seems yeah. to be that way in Māori whanau, to yeah. be honest. um what's your um favorite tv show or movie my favorite movie is 10 things i hate about you and my favorite tv show is well i'm watching two at the moment so i love peaky blinders oh yeah yeah um and i just finished watching euphoria but i feel like my childhood one was glee And Vampire Diaries. I love the Vampire Diaries. Oh, I love Vampire Diaries. I like originals better, to be fair. Have you I've watched originals? Watched, I've, I have never watched originals. And I've never watched, what's the other one? Legacies? Legacies. Never watched Le- it. Ah, oh, Legacies is... Uh, I want to watch originals, though. The originals. Yeah. Don't wa- oh, watch originals, but Legacies is pretty average, to be fair. It's like mm, taking a, a turn downhill. <laughs> and last question. If you're stranded on an island by yourself um what are three things you would want to have with you I feel like you would survive this mm-hmm. <laughs> I would take lip balm lip balm lip balm my bottle my drink bottle and a nail file and I would survive of all natural <laughs> resources from the island I would survive <laughs> I make it work. All right. Um, good luck hunting. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kaz. I don't, I don't hunt. I'm, I don't go hunting. I don't like mud. I don't like dirt. All those sorts of things. Not your jam. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just want to say thank you very much for jumping on. It's um, been a pleasure. It's always good to talk to someone you know because I like feel so comfortable and it's not so yeah. like awkward. Um, yeah. Not that yeah, people I've talked to that I don't yeah. know it's awkward, but you know, it's well, just... we've known each other since we were literally like seven years old. So mm. yeah, um, but thanks for having me, Kaz. But I, I I just want to wish you the best of luck and the rest of your career. I'll be watching uh, from afar, um, and. Yeah, definitely look forward to catching up sometime soon. Maybe we can run it back when you're uh, yeah. when you're a bit older and wiser. Yeah. And experienced mm-hmm. a bit more. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Kaz. No problem. <laughs>